This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined, as always, Jim Sebastio, and we're going to get started here in just a minute. But I would encourage you to go to practicalshepherding.com. You can access all of our resources that are there. Also, check out Sponsor Pastor. You can go to sponsorpastor.org. It is a great way to help support uh, the ministry. And you can go and leave reviews for us wherever you listen to our podcast. We check those. And we find encouragement from those that are positive, and we try to learn from those that are negative. So bring whatever you want to bring to the, to the table of that. But thank you for those who listen and support the podcast. We're, we're grateful for you. And we, we're going to talk today about a topic that was, that was sent to us when we ask on social media, what do you want us to talk about? Many of you respond, and we try to do what we can to, uh, to, to cover those topics. And that's one of the ones for today. And Jim, the, this topic, you can imagine... Uh, is very applicable for especially pastors who have young kids at home. We had somebody ask us to address how do you pastor, and, and it says how do you pastor in the season with young kids. That's what we want to talk about today. And, of course, we would probably think of this in two areas. One is just simply how do you how do you function in your ministry knowing you have little kids at home who need mm-hmm. your attention. You, you have a, a wife who's at home uh, potentially dealing with them all day if she's home all day with mm-hmm. them. Or we need to uh, figure out how much to be at the church, how much to be home. And then you have the side to just care for your family doing this during the season. So that's kind of what we want to be able to talk about. Can you set this up uh, from a biblical perspective first? Sure, Brian. I think the uh, you start with the qualification text, Titus chapter 1 and 1 Timothy chapter 3, which both address... Uh, the reality of a pastor and his relationship to his children. Uh, You have the general exhortation given to all fathers in Ephesians chapter 6 about nurturing them and training them uh, in the discipline and in the admonition of the Lord uh, certainly comes to mind. But Brian, there's two other texts that that came to mind uh, in in thinking through this um, today. Uh, one is Ephesians chapter 5, where it talks about, this is the text that's translated as redeeming the time generally for the days are evil. Oh, yeah. uh, there's two words in the original language for time. One is the word chronos, which is the word that we generally associate with time, seconds, minutes, days, weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another word that is used, and this is the other word that is used there, and it's a word that refers to seasons of life. Hmm. And the idea there really, I think, is to buy up and to make the most of the seasons of your life. Huh. And and so there's a season of singleness, there's a season of early marriage, there's a season of child rearing, there's a season of post-child rearing, there's a season of grandparenthood, you know, whatever it is, there's a season of youth, there's a season of old age, and, and the duties and responsibilities and the strength and the hours are different according to those, and that there's a time, there this Brian and I could get a little bit weepy here today because this season of our life is ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, My youngest is about to graduate from, here I am already, right? Uh, about to graduate from university and get married. Uh, your youngest is, did she get her driver's license? Not yet. You know, she's 16. Okay, 16, 16 she's the last but she's, one but house, she's yeah. working a lot and you yeah. don't see much of her. That's right. Uh, you've had a son move away and mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, we're going through this. It's a, it's a different season of life and mm-hmm. life is very different and the hours are different. So different. buying up the seasons of life and then Ecclesiastes three, which reminds us there's a time and a place for all things under heaven. Yeah. 
um, there's there's a time for this, and there is a time for this. And I think really what I want to say, you know, at the outset, putting those texts together, it's a very crucial aspect of our of our own life, of our ministerial qualification. And of our ability uh, to pastor well and example well uh, to our congregation during this limited window uh, of our life. Maybe yeah. it's, you know, when I say limited, it may be 20, 30 years, uh, but it's a limited period of time um, uh, that we have to deal with this. Yeah, that's set up really well, Jim. And I, I want to give us give a little context just because we don't want to assume every listener you know, knows our background and, and these specifics about us. But we're, we are coming from a perspective. On, we both have four children. And uh, as you and mentioned— three girls and one boy. And three both girls. of us have three girls and one boy. That's right. And by the way, for those who would be interested, this is a good time to probably just remind you of this. We was at last year, Jim, or a couple years ago, we, we did like two podcast episodes where I interviewed your kids about being pastor's kids. You interviewed my kids about being pastor's kids. Right. You can find that if you go to uh, practicalshepherding.com and go to the podcast page or just search it in your, in your wherever you listen to the, to the podcast. But those, are, those were fascinating, for, at least for us to do. And, yeah. and it, it, did, it did give a glimpse into from the pastor's kid perspective. But we, we both have four kids, had three girls and one boy. And you are now at a place where your youngest is about to get married and be permanently gone. Yep. Three of my four are gone. And uh, in a couple of years, mine will be at least out, growing out of high school and those kinds of things. Yep. So that's the stage we're in. The reason I, I want to bring that up now, because we're, we're in this different season. And you're right, man. It is, it is very different than the season when your kids are little and everything's hopping at, at home and, and all those kinds of things. The other thing I want to highlight is when your kids were younger, we talk the season we're going to talk about, when your kids were younger, yep. when my kids were younger, uh, I, ref- I can reflect on that being an incredibly, um, it was really full. Everybody talks about being busy, but I just, I'm going to use the word just full because your ministry at the church was hopping in a lot of mm-hmm. different ways, very full, a lot of exciting things happening, which yep. takes a lot of your time. And I can say the same thing about mine in the midst of my kids being being when they were in that this younger season. So on one end, it's how do you pastor through you know maybe really hard things going on at the church, but there's also this side of you're kind of in your groove ministry-wise, and yet you have a family that needs a lot of your time. So I think there's a lot of guys who are probably in that place trying to think through how to care for their family. So we want to we want to kind of just hash this out, but that's where we're going to be coming from. We are going to be reflecting back. Mm. Hopefully this doesn't. Hopefully this doesn't hit us too hard. Yeah. As we're recording this, with the, with the the sadness we both feel that our families have changed and uh, and trying to to learn how to deal with how to learn to live in this new season. So, uh, Jim, why don't we start with just let's start with maybe how do we do ministry with little kids? Uh, I, I think that that was one of the things that uh, I get a hint when I talk to pastors who have little kids at home. That is the one thing that I think keeps coming back is. How do I manage my time? You, you gave some really helpful passages about just how to manage time and those kinds of things, and, the, and that we're called to be able to do that. Yeah. I, what are some just general principles we, sh- we should start talking about in regard to pastors thinking about how they manage their daily, their weekly schedule, knowing their little kids at home, potentially they're either gone throughout the day at school or their wife is at home all day with them as they're doing ministry at. What are some principles to think about? <clears throat> 
There's so many different things that come to mind with this, Brian. I'm thinking about the different people listening to this and and what they go through. Uh, If, for instance, if you try to study at home, if you have a study at home, it's very different when your kids are little and uh, the the interruptions, uh, uh, the knocks on the door, the opening. If, if you manage to have a room that's somewhat that's true. Uh, where you have a closed door, if you're even able to manage that. And so to, it, it, we're dealing here with a, with a degree of tension, Brian, because yeah, yeah. there are legitimate demands on our time. Uh, if you are a pastor, there are duties and responsibilities, things that you are called to do that require time, that require mental, emotional energy. Uh, for instance, you have to prepare sermons. If you're if you're a primary preacher or you're preaching regularly, you have to do that. That takes that takes time. That takes some energy to be able to do that. You have to shepherd the flock. It's what you're called to do. And if you're not able to shepherd the flock, then you're then you're you're not able to fulfill your duties, and mm-hmm. uh, and that generally requires uh, spending some time uh, being with people, available to people, being on the phone or whatever the case might be. Uh, and then you also have duties and responsibilities if you're married, and 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 the scriptures assume this to be the case. It doesn't demand it to be the case. That is to say. It's not wrong for a pastor to be single or if a pastor and his wife are not able to have children. So Certainly, that, yeah. that may sure. be. But it's, it's assumed that most men going into ministry are going to be married and that they're going to have children. That's that's the assumption of Titus 1 and, and uh, 1 Timothy yeah, chapter 3. Yeah, the qualifications, three. right. And then when you take the duties and responsibilities of being a father, and I think Ephesians uh, 6 and then Colossians 3 are the most explicit New Testament passages that deal with that, and, and then that's fleshed out in the book of Proverbs, and it indicates that there has to be a relationship building with children. You want their hearts. Give me your heart. Give me your ears. You know, that kind of a relationship. It's a loving relationship. It's a tender relationship. And and, uh, that, again, requires uh, time and energy. And and where a pastor is going to feel a sense of pull sometimes is that how how do I fulfill the one without yeah. Uh, shortcutting the other, and if I shortcut one or the other, which one am I going to shortcut? Well, uh, this you know doesn't. If your kids are sick, you still got to preach the sermon. Um, if they're going through a rough time, you you there are things you still have to do. Yeah. Uh, but you cannot, and this is this is the other part of it, and maybe this is the area, maybe more in the past than currently. I think there's maybe a a, a, a change in how some of this is done, a different understanding of parenting and fatherhood especially, um, that I think in the past more of the idea is man, man goes out and does his job and comes home and, and, you know, almost leave me alone kind of a thing. I provide, uh, but he can be a little bit distant. And we understand that that's not to be the case and that a pastor is a father and pastor is a husband yeah. are, are very crucial uh, topics. But the, the reality is, and this goes back to my own training and something Pastor Martin said years ago in my pastoral theology class, there is nothing in our special calling as a pastor that trumps our general calling as a Christian man. Yeah. And so that as a, as a Christian man, all Christian men are to love our wives and lay down our lives for them. All Christian men are to uh, nurture their children, not provoke them to wrath and, and all of the rest, not to discourage or dishearten them, Colossians 3 and, and, and Ephesians chapter 6. And, and so we can't say, well, because I'm a pastor and because I have a high calling, because I'm serving God, I need to lay my wife and children on the altar. So, so let's let's talk about how to do that then. Yeah. So I, I think 
that First Timothy 3 is an important passage about this because it talks about the prerequisite to qualify as a pastor to manage your household. Now, what that means, we could have a whole podcast probably yeah, on what it too, actually yeah. means to manage your household. But the point is, there is a prerequisite to qualify to be a pastor that you do whatever that is. Right. And so certainly it, it points to caring for your wife well, caring for your children, being available to them, yeah. prioritizing them. So let's, you know, I, I think one of the things that I see a lot of pastors who are young fathers and, and husbands wrestle with is just how do I, you know, how do I manage my schedule? Do I work at home? Do I work at the office or at the church? And so uh, I'll, I'll go first. I want to hear how you kind of juggled yeah. this when yep. your kids were little. So I made a decision when I went to Pastor Auburndale. I made a decision that <clears throat> we moved to the community. So we had a house near the church and my kids were younger then. And so yeah. I made a decision that one, I thought it was going to be hard to work at home. And two, <clears throat> I actually wanted to separate, Try, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a kind of, I'm a workaholic as far as just trained by my father to be a workaholic. So, mm -hmm. and I knew that. So I needed to set something up when my kids were little to, how can I make sure when I come home, I'm home. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I actually set up a, an office, have nice, had a nice office at the church. I went there and that's where I worked. That's where I wrote sermons. That's where I did all that kind of stuff. And when I came home, it was a way for me to say, like, try to say, I'm home. I don't want to bring work home with me. It was a way to kind of that drive, that that ten minute drive home mm -hmm. was a way for me to try to just unwind, yep. Yep. let go of whatever I needed to let go of the office, mm -hmm. and come on, maybe present with my family. Yeah, I believe I've had an office at home. Well, I, I know I've had an office at home in that that season uh, because I had not figured out how to do this well. I would have came home and worked. I would have not been present with my family. Even yeah. worse than times I would be, so I, <clears throat> I, I tried. I worked really hard to set that boundary. I want to emphasize that everybody has to kind of know yourself and know what you need to do so that when you do come home, you mm -hmm. are present with your family. That changed actually when my kids became teenagers. I actually set up an office at home and worked mm -hmm. more from mm -hmm. home, and <clears throat> I actually loved it. It actually ended up working out really well. Personally, I'd learned how to let go of work while I was at home in a way mm -hmm. I couldn't, I didn't 10 years before mm -hmm. that. But as you, to your point, your, your, your teenage kids, if you're working downstairs there, they know how to leave you alone in a way a two, three year old doesn't know how. So <laughs> I found that to be really helpful season one to make myself be at church. But the other was, it was nice to be home when to be home more and to see them when my teenagers were actually home and things. Mm. So what did you do? How, how did you set up work when you were, when you had little kids at home versus when they were teenagers? Yeah. So, um, my, when I, I, when I was called to the ministry, I was been married for a year and I called here to the ministry, uh, and we didn't have any children. So, uh, my daughter, Aaron, my oldest was born four days before the church constituted. Mm -hmm. And so when I was, when I was, so all this was quite new. So at that point, I had an office at home, I'm trying to remember the various things. So we didn't have a church building until 1996. So Aaron was five, and Olivia was one. So you didn't even have uh, a church building. So we didn't have then. a building. Yep. So that, and I, but they did make a study for me at the church. So I started going to the office. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sometime in 1996. So uh, before that, I would occasionally go over to the seminary and, and I would study there. This okay. was before the era of coffee shops. And of course, there weren't 
laptop because you didn't really have computers of uh, much of, of, of at least anything much that was portable back then. Um, so I, I would uh, I would occasionally study away, uh, you know, study away from home, uh, and then. I think that the, the the reality is that we are able to be more flexible with our time yeah. than others. Yep. And so uh, if something is needed, particularly if you're home and something's needed for 45 minutes, your wife has to run out and can you watch the kid for a little bit? Yeah. That's different. A lot of men aren't able to do that. Yeah, right. Most aren't. Most men, a guy works at a factory or a guy's got an office, <clears throat> you know, whatever else, he's not able to do that. Right. We may be able to do that and then compensate uh, for that time. And, and part of a pastor's time is different than what others do, and, I th- and that we are largely task-driven, I think, rather than clock-driven. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we have things we need to accomplish every every week, and some of that's going to take 60 hours a week sometimes. Some weeks it might take 35 or 40 but hours part of a that week. is being on call as well all yeah, the that time. Yeah, we are, too. right. That's, and that's the that difference. Is is, and yeah. so that, you know, other men that may have the ability to come home at night and, and have everything off, uh, if you have a telephone, uh, you know, in particular now in the days of, you know, cells, well, I remember back in the day you had a pager or something like that. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I, pagers. Remember Jim, pagers? I pager. uh, I all right, guys, Google it. Uh, most of our <laughs> Google to see what it says. <laughs> what, it, what it was like. That's right. Um, it was in our fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> I never went that I never, I never, never went that far. I never it works for that. the rock, but not uh, for uh, me. Okay. Right. Anyway, so we, yeah. Um, yeah, so you, you, there was always that part of us that you knew you could be taken away. Yeah, yeah. But what you, so I would say, Brian, one thing as well is trying to guard a day off as best as you can. Yeah. So that you know that there's a day that that you can have devoted to to being home, being with the kids, and some of that's for the kids for your relationship with them some of that's for the sanity of your wife maybe that she's able to have a little bit of time so mondays i would often you know i i would hang out with one of the kids or two of the kids or when homeschooling started i would take the younger ones while you know the first one was starting to take classes yeah, yeah. Some, th- some things like that and you're able to have a bit more of a flexibility yeah uh, with yeah. that i i, I want to jump on that too because that's a really excellent point we talk about days off and all that stuff all the time here, and and it's for your benefit. But I remember that was having a consistent day off and being true to that was a saving grace for my family when they're when the kids were little. In fact, I can remember just in really busy, overwhelming seasons of things going on that I always knew Friday was was coming, and I would be able to shut it down. <clears throat> I'd be able to see my wife and and kids and spend the day with them, and that was, I mean. I would say that my family life would have felt incredibly different through that season of with little kids if I didn't have a day off, that I didn't honor it well outside of emergencies, and that they it's like that weekly opportunity to regardless of what's going on, the, the your wife and your kids know they have you that day, and that was really important. It was really special as I look back on that. So when you're thinking about rhythm of ministry, I think you have to think about. Where are the times that when things are out of control on, you, know, you go get called to the hospital one night or whatever mm-hmm. it is, <clears throat> those are things that are out of, that's, that's what makes a pastor's you know work certainly unique from, from a lot of others. <clears throat> also to the point you made about, you know, the factory worker, you know, gets to shut it down and, and come home and those kind of things. I want to, <clears throat> I want to emphasize pastors with, with uh, young kids at home that 
I hear pastors who wrestle with the fact that their wife asks them maybe to help at different times because they do have, we do have a flexibility that others yeah. do not. Uh, <clears throat> I want to encourage pastors to look for the opportunities to take advantage of that and be helpful to your wife at, when she needs it in the flexibility. Now, it, every marriage is different, so you obviously can't do that all the time, but right. take advantage of using the flexibility well. I, I think when you're talking about managing time, and because we're on call, because we're working evenings, because we're kind of always in the in the mix with this, I think pastors should embrace the fact that if your wife needs to run out and do something and you can go home for an hour and do that and come back, I, I think that's a good thing if, if it's within a context in your church and <clears throat> however it's set up and what the expectations are for you. But when we can do that, I, I think that's something to be embraced. I think there's some pastors that feel guilty about that. Uh, but but I and again, it's not something that needs to be abused or done more than it should be. I think you got to just gauge that. But I do want to encourage that is a good way to help support your wife as she's supporting you. Gone evenings, gone in this crazy schedule that a lot of times pastors have. Brian, I'm thinking of some <clears throat> brothers listening to this who may be in a situation where they are committed to death almost, you know, yep, so that. Yep. There's rarely a night, you know, so this committee meets on a Monday night, this one on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night's prayer, discipleship, and then Thursday is this. Is there a way, uh, should there be a way to try to inform the congregation of the importance of their role as a husband and a father to say, I need to have... (laughs) two of these nights, at least two of these nights or three of these nights that are free uh, because, you know, everybody else who's on one of these committees has one night a week of this. I'm supposed to be at every one of these or whatever. Uh, and if I do that, that means I am missing significant portions of the life of my children. Yeah. Uh, and there again, there are some of this, the reality that this goes by so quickly and the things that you miss, you can't get back. And yeah. time's the one commodity that, <clears throat> that's right. if lost, can't be restored. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that, you know, we talk at times about ecclesiastical widows and ecclesiastical orphans. And and, and that you know, to what degree is it good or, or, or righteous at times to say to a family, look, for the sake of what I have to do, I'm going to have to be gone versus uh, you know a regular pattern of that uh that causes wife and children particularly children to resent the ministry resent the church resent what you do because you're constantly gone yeah. i mean those, that's, right. that, that's the struggle and do we and I, I, this is what i would encourage is that there has to be some way to inform a congregation whether it's teaching through the qualifications and to say look there there is if I'm to be qualified, there is a demand upon that I manage my house well, yeah. that I that I rear my children well, uh, and that my children be able to be that that um, they're not provoked by me, they're not uh, made, uh, they're not dis- disheartened by me, and and part of that by my absence and and by my inability to be there or to be, and this is something I really want to flesh out with you, Brian to be present while I'm home because yeah, you can yeah. be home, but not there. And, yeah, and, right. and I think this is, this happened to me probably more than anything else. 
uh, feeling burdened, checked out, uh, overwhelmed, or uh, while you're while you're home, while I'm home, yep. so that yep. I'm distracted. I'm yeah, thinking right. about a problem rather than being able to be as present in the moment uh, yep. as as I'd like to be. Yeah, no, I had I had the same battles, and I guarantee you, every pastor listening, listening to this has the same battle. I think one practical piece of advice that was really helpful for me that I heard, <clears throat> use your commute home from the church uh, as a way to really be intentional about trying to pray and let go of, like being mm. conscious, I need to let go of whatever I just yeah. left at the church and leave it there. And you're, you're better at that than I. Yeah. You, 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 you are. You, we've talked about this. Actually, we yeah. did, a, we did a, uh, an episode on uh, you know, developing an off switch. Yeah. Which I still haven't learned real well. Yeah, but, no, but, but I appreciate your ability. I, I wish I had it. Well, and it, but it takes it, it. It takes work. I mean, it was just it was years of doing stuff like that. Yeah, just being aware. That would be the one thing I would stress: being aware of. I have a hard time shutting this off. I need to try. I need to pray. Yeah. I need to ask right. that commute home, whether it's five minutes or twenty minutes, needs to be focused. <clears throat> I think on that. The other thing I want to bring up <clears throat> around this is. Um, I'm going to just kind of throw this out there, a little bit of a bomb, and then you can kind of help sort through it for me. Okay. <clears throat> I think I want to, I encourage pastors, when you, if those who are trying to think about how to care for your family when your kids are little, do not write your sermon on Saturday. Hmm. <clears throat> there is, they call it the pastor's widow on Saturday because the pastor's busy all day on Saturday writing right. a sermon. And <clears throat> I've always pushed back on that. I don't believe it has to be that way, but I think a lot of guys think they have to. Now, bivocational guys, it's a different conversation, yeah. I think. If you're a full-time pastor, there is no reason you should be writing your sermon on Saturday, the bulk of it. Now, I'm obviously going over it on Saturday, those kind of things. But every other family does their stuff on Saturdays yeah. and Sundays. So what would happen is kids are having birthdays and kids are having events with other friends. And mm. you're you're in your study writing your sermon on Saturday and your mm. wife's the one having to run everybody. Yeah. <clears throat> so a practice that I set up when my kids were little mm. and it was really, really helpful is I worked hard to have my sermon pretty much done by Thursday night when I went to bed. And my wife gave me a freedom to stay up, uh, to stay at the office even later to get this done. Mm. Friday Friday was day off. So I was able to finish my sermon, let go of it for a day. And then Saturday was just kind of waking up early in the morning to go over it and get ready for Sunday. But the majority of Saturday, by lunchtime on Saturday, I was done mm. uh, and was able to spend the rest of the day with the family. As I look back on those early year, those years with little kids in ministry, that was huge to have Saturdays, mm. the majority of, of it open. And so I, I want to stress to guys... It, those who feel enslaved to, I just got to write my sermon on Saturday, there's no other time. I disagree. You need to figure out what's going on in your schedule where mm. you can't carve that time out mm. to get at least most of your sermon done to where you're not you're not hammering away 10 hours on Saturday, and that's the bulk of your day. You want to push back on me at all on that, or do you want to add anything to that No, I, I, I like that. Uh, um, I mean, as one who sometimes is actually even finishing up Sunday morning, um, other yeah which i understand <laughs> well you're doing that last yeah. little bit uh, uh of work up until uh, almost up until the end every once in a while i print it out on friday or something like that but uh yeah i think that again we have to recognize that there are you know so, i mean there are some like cultural expectations a dad you know dad's here with dad there we have to understand our kids if we have the kind of relationship we want to have with them, they want us there, yeah, and they're going right. to be looking for us, you know. And and it will, 
impact them to some degree negatively when uh, if all the other dads are there or whatever the case is and, yeah, that's right. and, and we're not. This, I mean, Brian, there's so many things that go into this. I mean, there are things like, okay, what age are we talking about? How many kids are we talking about? Yeah, right. What's the space between the kids? So we had three years between all of our kids. We didn't intend it that way. We yeah. had, uh, I you know, that was not our plan, but that's how things worked out. So mm-hmm. my kids right now, so I, uh, uh, almost 22, 22, 25 uh, 28, 31. Yeah, so, you right, know, you, years, you, right? I've got three years between, uh, you know, the, 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 the kids. And so uh, that's a little different than when you have like my fellow pastors about to have their third child, three kids under three, three kids under three. Right. And, wow. and so, you know, some have more than that. And then as they get a little bit older and, and are they going to be involved in extracurricular activities? Is yep. there, is there going to be soccer? Is there going to be football or basketball or baseball or ballet or theater or, you know, uh, uh, piano recitals or whatever, uh, that's going to carve into some of your time. And then again, these are the blessings, sometimes the frustrations of ministry is that some of us have a degree of flexibility built in where if, if I'm required to do something, uh, in the afternoon, two hours, uh, you know, if a guy's working at a factory, he can't say, hey, can I come in two hours early? Well, the factory's not open, or can I stay two hours late yeah, after right. everybody's gone? Not He's not able to do that. But we can possibly do that where uh, instead of getting up at 7, get up at 5 and, yeah. and do the work because of some of what you're doing is that exegetical work. Or if you had a meeting with somebody, say, hey, can we can we meet for breakfast or uh, can we get coffee earlier in the morning because, uh, you know, I want to be there for my child's this or that. Yep. Uh, and I think, again, that that is – it's not just part of our calling. And I, I, I remember sometimes – I hear guys say sometimes, oh, I don't want to be disqualified by doing this. Well, we got to make sure we have a motivation other than our qualification. You know, it, yes, it, it will impact our qualification. But if I say to my kids, well, look, I need to spend time with you. If I don't, I'm disqualified. Hmm. It makes it sound like the job's the priority and there are means unto that end. Well, let's, it, make, let's make no mistake. The call to care for our families, it's a prerequisite to be a pastor from First Timothy 3, yeah. which has massive implications. But one of them is... Us being intentional to care for our families is part of our is a big part of our ministry and qualifications. So. Yeah, well, part I mean, part of what I, yes, it is. That's right, but and it, but it's also part of our life just as a Christian, as just as a true. Christian. That's true. And, and, That's true. And, and the difference as a pastor, I think, some of this is that we are called, and the scriptures do call us to be examples. Yep. And so, we ought not just to be able to preach about parenting. We ought to be able to some degree give an example of it yep. not to just preach about being husbands but but demonstrate it by the way that we interact with our wives i want to turn this to one more place before we wrap and that's just trying to think practically about how to how, how does a pastor with little kids how does he care for his family well in the midst of busy ministry life so maybe one or two things jim that you did to care for your wife maybe one thing for your wife one thing for your kids that you did to be very intentional about caring for them when they were when they were younger uh, so, uh, play dates or, uh, so I'm um, for my wife, it, w- it would be, uh, releasing her from some of the, the, the burdens and rigors yeah. of constant care. Yep. And, and so, uh, whether it was just, you know, uh, get a book and go out somewhere, uh, just take some time off or spend some time with a friend or something like that. And this is my day off and I want to spend it, 
I want to spend it part of it helping you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do, uh, you know, just to say, I mean, I would do some self care too. I had a certain routine that I did in the, in the mornings on Monday mornings, get a cup of coffee somewhere and go to a bookstore and do that for a couple of hours. And then yeah. kind of felt like, okay, I, I, I'm ready now. Um, I was younger, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was easier, uh, to recover quickly when yeah. I was younger. Uh, and then say, you know, I'm going to take Aaron or Olivia and, 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 um, and let you have some time to yourself. What about for the kids? What was play dates? Yeah, I guess is what you were playing. Play dates. To. Uh, it, it, it was, you know, just hanging out, taking them with me if there were things that we could do. Uh, get in the car, you know, even whatever. I'm making a trip to the store. Take them with me. Get a little, you know, the chicken nuggets and the frosty or you know whatever it was. A little special meal. Special I knew treats. where all the free meals were for the kids. Oh, oh it was the, yeah, the, the cookie, uh, the free, so the free cookie at the deli at Walmart. Oh, that you was know. gold. I could, yeah, so you, you got know, to the grocery, if we went, you know? if we went there, yeah, you're gonna make your trip around. Um, yeah, the, just those kinds of things. Just playing with them, watching, yep. watching a show with them, watching a movie, reading books with them. Um, but something that again they knew they knew they were a priority to yep. dad. They knew that I loved them uh, and that I wanted to be with them. Uh, you know, so those are things that were uh, crucial, important to me. I would I would affirm the uh, let your especially my wife was a stay at home mom like your wife was doing homeschooling for at least some of the first few years, and <clears throat> that ended up being one of the most helpful things. Just give her a break from all of that. Let her get out and do that. Here's the other thing that I would I would say I, I learned spe- specifically when my kids were younger, and that was my wife helped me understand one of the things she needed was adult conversation, mm. and because when there's little kids, you're not having adult conversation. You're talking to little children all the time, and it was interesting. I found that that when she articulated that to me, it really helped because I remember very vividly when that changed when my children got a, a older, and I remember I called her. At one point, because I'm thinking like that. I remember when this transi- transitioned. I'm thinking, I'm just calling to say, hey, because you know, that's what I used to do. Uh, just even five minutes when I'm driving down the road, just, hey, how you doing? Adult conversation. And and I realized that she wasn't very interested in talking to me one of the times I called. And I, and I remember asking her about <laughs> it later. And, I, and, and she said, uh, okay, do you understand that there's a ton of words shared in this house now in a way that there wasn't. I thought, okay, we just transitioned to another season. That, that was yeah. that was really that was really helpful. That was the transition of you being quiet. <laughs> that was the transition where I started being quiet. So, but as far as kids, and a lot of people know this about me because I talk about it in the pastor family book, and I talk about it a lot with family stuff. But uh, <clears throat> I had a friend challenge me to meet with each of my children once a week, and mm. I started doing that. Um, every Monday through Thursday, all four of my children each had their own night, and one of them got to stay up 30 minutes later with me. We read a book, <clears throat> we read scripture together, we prayed together, we talked, we we laughed, we just had a good time together. And I met with each of my children. They each had their own night every week, every week mm. for 10 years. Mm. And so I would just I would emphasize that as I reflect back, that that's some of the the, the sweetest moments I reflect on. You get a glimpse into your children's hearts in a way you don't when they're all together with the whole family. Mm. So find time to invest in your children individually. If we're shepherding the flock, the irony is we give our whole lives to shepherd the flock individually, knowing we care for individual souls, but then we don't do that at home. So my challenge to you would be to find a way to care for your family, and your children in particular when they're little, because they will eat that up when they're little. When they're teenagers, 
you got to make adjustments on what that looks like. Mm. That's a different podcast. When they're little, that consistency, like I thought they'd get it'd get old after a couple months. I mean, it just did not. They yeah. loved it, ate it up throughout their whole childhood. So I encourage you to uh, to find a way to do that uh, in your lo- own life. Any final word, Jim, on this? I know there's more we could say, but any final word to encourage those who are have little kids at home right now? Yeah, this is the one area is an area of life you don't want to look back on with regrets and and that so I just encourage you if you're listening to this to do what you need to do to ensure um, there are things that can be built there are bridges built in youth that are hard to build later in life if they're neglected Mm -hmm. neglected, I'm not saying it's impossible it's not impossible Uh, but that your children know that though what dad does is important, that they are also crucial and important to you as well. And so uh, do what you need to do to to find that time. Brian, my heart really goes out. I'm thinking that there's most likely some guy's got a full-time job, secular out there and then it's trying to pastor a church and he's trying to, he's trying to raise his kids and, and, um, I trust that the Lord will give give that help. Uh, that if if something has to go, it, it has to be ministry wise. It can't be the family. Yeah, yeah that's good. <clears throat> Here's my final word on this. I was reflecting with a friend of mine who was in town recently. Uh, he's a couple years older than me. Just sent his last kid out permanently. Yeah. <clears throat> and we were reflecting on friends of ours that we had known for 20, 25 years who had the same ministry aspirations. Interesting. As we sat and talked. We didn't talk at all about ministry accomplishments or things, and and God's blessed us both in our minute in, yeah. in the work we've done in ministry wise. The thing is, we didn't we didn't talk about that. We were we reflected with tears how <clears throat> our wives still want to be married to us after all these years. Yeah, we reflected on that. Each one of our children is talking to us. We actually have mm. a relationship with them. Amen. And I just was struck in that moment on how much I really didn't care about the ministry pursuits or whatever we're trying to accomplish. The thing that really gave me joy was that this is still intact. Mm -hmm. And we reflect, we were reflecting on some friends of ours who, who who can't say that their families imploded in the midst of all the ministry Mm -hmm. stuff. I share that to say, when you hit the point, I believe at our age and season, uh, you, like you said, you don't want to hit this point. We all have regrets, but you don't want to have deep regrets that I really did not invest here like I, I mm. needed to. So you got little kids at home, realize the right investment is to invest in them and make that a priority. And the Lord will sort through all of that, those things in their life, but you don't want to have regrets uh, that you weren't there for them. So we take a minute, Jim, and, yeah. and pray that guys will know how to be there for their families mm. in the midst of ministry. Uh, Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word, which leads and guides, but Father, also at times that introduces tension into our lives, Um, and Father, we do pray uh, for those who are wrestling and struggling, and perhaps even a a discussion like this is is burdening. Uh, Father, we desire it to be a help, enlightening, but but it can be, Lord, a a sense of, of pressure. There's a holy pressure. Uh, in all of these ways to perform well and to honor you and to do well by our families and our flocks. Father, we do pray that you would help and aid in casting our cares and burdens on you, making the most of the times and opportunities that are before us, uh, buying them up, uh, utilizing them well, recognizing that there is a time and purpose for every season under heaven. Uh, Lord, help us to navigate this well, we ask in your son's name. Amen. Amen.